In order to achieve these levels, we have to reach a new level of consciousness, collective consciousness, looking at ourselves as part of the creation. Episode number 98. Welcome to the Torah Podcast. Lessons from authentic Judaism. Get the tools and inspiration you need for personal growth. Hosted by Rabbi Mitterhoff. Shalom, this is Rabbi Eliyahu Mitterhoff with this week's Torah Podcast. This week, the Torah portion is Kedoshim, the physical side of spirituality. Heaven on earth. And then we're going to have a powerful parable about the wrong guy, a great story about Moshe Feinstein, and peace in your home. Stop having jealousy. And now, the Torah portion of the week, with novel ideas from the classic commentaries. So the Parsha starts out like this. It says, Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the entire assembly of children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for holy am I, Hashem your God. So at the end of Orchat Sadikim, the ways of the Sadikim, it says like this. It says, Our eyes behold the greatness and glory of man, the creator of all, having raised and uplifted him above all creatures, and having given him domain over the terrestrial creations. The mouth lacks the power to relate all that man does in the lower world. He sends his wisdom even into the heavenly spheres, soaring and flying on the wings of wisdom. Though his body walks on the earth, as do the beasts and the creeping things. His soul travels to celestial heights in access to wisdom, contemplating and knowing the wisdom of the heights and the wisdom of the preferments and the courses and the sizes of the stars. Though man's body is very small, his soul is greater and broader than heaven and earth, knowing its extent and height, the ways of the sun and the constellations, and all of their satellites. All is encompassed by the soul, and since all is contained in it, it's greater than all. Otherwise, it couldn't comprehend it at all. For how the sea cannot be poured into a little flask. In other words, man's soul is so great that it extends to all the heavens. We have the ability to access heaven. So we see there's two aspects to man. There's the physical man and the spiritual man. Physical man is limited, but spiritual man is unlimited. He extends all the way to the heavens. So if Moshe Sternbuch brings the Torah's counting that says, Kadoshim to you, you shall be holy. One might think the way to be holy is to utilize the same mean that Hashem uses to sanctify himself. Therefore, the Torah directs us how to fulfill the mitzvah of being holy. So he wants to explain. You would think, how is Hashem holy? Hashem is separated from everything. Hashem is nivda, like the Mara explains. He's totally separate, and that's what makes him holy. So that's what you would think. And that's the view of most of the world. Most of the world holds that if you want to be spiritual, you want to be holy, you have to be separate from this world. But the Torah's Kahanim is coming to tell us the opposite, that the Torah tells us a different way. What does the Torah say? We believe in just the opposite. We believe that only by building families and making use of the physical world in a positive way can we achieve true holiness. And that's why the word marriage in Hebrew is called Kedushin. Kedushin means, comes from the word kadosh, holy, holy marriage, to be connected with another person. That's holiness. He continues and says, Why does it say kadoshim to you in plural? Because you can't be holy by yourself. The ultimate level of holiness cannot be achieved in isolation. It's only when partnership with other people. 
And in this way, we're truly emulating Hashem, because even though it's true that Hashem is nivdal and separate from this world, but He also does chesed here. He creates the creation. He gives to us. He gives us life. So you see, He's connected. And that's real holiness. And He wants to bring a proof. What's the holiest day of the week? The holiest day of the year, actually. Shabbos. Every Shabbos, what do we do on Shabbos? We eat, we drink, we have all the pleasures of Shabbos. And that's Kadoshi Kadoshim, the holiest of holies. And it's even more holy than Yom Kippur. How do we know it's more holy than Yom Kippur Shabbos? Because if a person is over on Shabbos and there's two witnesses, he gets killed. But on Yom Kippur, he would only get karas, he'd only be cut off. So we see that Shabbos is even more holy than Yom Kippur. And on Yom Kippur, we don't eat, we don't drink, we don't have relations. But on Shabbos, we do all those things, and still it's considered more holy. And not only that, but we know that the Kohen Gadol has to be married in order to perform the service on Yom Kippur. He can't be a single man. He has to be a married man, a family man. That's our way to holiness. Like the Zohar says in this week's Parsha, that if a man is not married, it's like he was divided in halves. And only when male and female are joined do they become one body. Then God rests upon this one and lodges a Holy Spirit into it. And such are those are called the sons of God. In other words, the children that are made by people who are together in holiness, these are called holy children. So we see that the Torah has a totally different understanding of holiness than the rest of the world. Not to separate ourselves, to be part of the world and to bring holiness into the world. And that's what makes us holy. And therefore, holiness means not just relating to God, but also relating to people. The verse continues in this week's portion. It says, You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall reprove your fellow, and you shall not bear a sin because of him. You shall not take revenge, and you shall not bear a grudge against the members of your people. You shall love your fellow as yourself. I am Hashem. Hashem commands us to love a fellow Jew like you love yourself. And Rashi explains what does it mean not to take revenge if someone wants to borrow something. And he says, no. On the next day, if he comes to you to ask you to borrow something, you shouldn't say no just because he said no to you the day before. You should give it with a full heart. And what does it mean to bear a grudge? He says, please lend me your tool. And the day before, he didn't lend it to you. So, okay, the next day you agree to lend it to him. So that's not called revenge. But you say, you say, listen, I'm not like you who didn't lend it to me the day before. So even though you didn't have revenge, but you still bear the grudge. If you say, I'm not like you, that doesn't lend your stuff out. And why are we commanded with these things? Because you have to love your neighbor as yourself. It's a very difficult thing to love your neighbor as yourself. As a matter of fact, the Mabam explains there's no way we're commanded to love. Why? One cannot command love or hate, because these are emotions which are outside a person's control. So he wants to explain what does it mean we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. It means we have to come to one for our fellow man, that which, that which we would like to receive ourselves. It doesn't actually mean to be exactly like the same love we have for ourselves. And that's what the Ramban says. The Ramban says like this, the explanation of your fellow as yourself is an exaggeration, he says. For the human heart is incapable of loving someone else to the same degree that one loves himself. 
Not only that, but Rabbi Akiva already poskined that says that your life comes in front of your friend's life. If there's only enough food for one of you to live in the desert, so and you, the food belongs to you, you don't have to give it to your friend. You're allowed to eat it yourself and save your own life. So we see that your life comes first. It's not equal. You can't love somebody exactly the same way you love yourself. That's his first explanation. But the Ramah wants to have a second explanation, which is like what the Malbim said, that you should desire for your friend exactly what you desire for yourself. And what's the opposite of that? The opposite is jealousy. A person is not allowed to be jealous because then he places the limitation on his love. No, he should really have love for his fellow man and he should wish him the best and he shouldn't be jealous. That's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself, according to the Ramban. So Rav Henrik Leibowitz asked the famous Kasha, the verse says, Do not take revenge or bear a grudge against your people of your nation. You should love your neighbor as yourself. So why is the Torah focusing on the second guy? The second guy that shouldn't do revenge, he shouldn't go against the first guy, he asked him for the thing, the guy said, no, what about that guy? We pay no attention to that guy, what he did is okay, and what the other guy is doing is not okay? Why is the focus on when the guy comes back the second day, you shouldn't say to him, no, I'm not going to give you because you didn't give me yesterday? The answer is because the essence of Ben Adam Chavero is not having hate for another person. You shouldn't have revenge, you shouldn't be holding a grudge, you shouldn't have hate. It remove hate, so everything is worked out. The main problem is the hate. So the question is, how do we get rid of that hate? How do we get rid of jealousy? It's not a simple problem. How can we possibly love other people in the same way that we love ourselves? What's the solution to that problem? So Rav Leibowitz was Madaik from the end of the Pasuk, it says, I am your God. That's the solution. <laughs> if you put God in the picture, so then you won't have revenge, you won't have hate, and you won't have jealousy. He wants to bring a muscle. He says if a guy won $18 million in the lottery, is he going to feel bad about the guy that owed him 100 bucks? He's going to forget about that. If you feel fulfilled and you feel close to God and you feel you have all the blessings, so you're not going to have hate, revenge, and jealousy. You're not going to have any of those things. We have to know that Hashem is taking care of all of our needs. And if we deserve something, so of course we're going to get it. What do we care what the other guy has? We have our own relationship with God. God gives us what we need. And this is exactly what the Sefer Echinach explains in the mitzvah of the prohibition of taking revenge. He says, At the root of the precept lies, the purpose that a man should know and reflect, that whatever happens to him, good or bad, is caused by the eternal Lord. Blessed be he to occur to him. For a human hand from another man's brother's hand, nothing can be without the will of the eternal Lord. Therefore, should a man inflict suffering or pain on him, let him know in his soul that his bad deeds were the cause, not the other person. The other person, the, the, the eternal Lord decreed that this should happen to him, upon him. And he sent the other person. And this is exactly what David Amalek said. So let him curse, because the Lord has told him so. When Shimon Ben-Geri started to throw rocks and curse at David Amalek, he understood, it's Hashem doing it to me. If you bring Hashem into the picture, which it says at the end of the verse, Ani Hashem, so then you're able to have love. It takes away your jealousy, it takes away your revenge, because you understand that God's in control. And Shimshah Afar Hirsch wants to explain that the mitzvah to love your neighbor as yourself is not based on the personality of the person. It's just because it's a commandment from God. He says, this is a requirement that we can fill even with connection with a person we have no affinity. For this requirement of love has nothing to do with the personality of the other. It is not based on any of his qualities. Rather, it is based, like it says in the end of the Pasuk, I am Hashem.
He says, We have learned the teachings of honesty, sincerity, truthfulness and faithfulness, consciousness and fairness. We have learned to guard and preserve the welfare of our neighbors. In word and deed, we have learned to suppress all of our feelings of hatred and vengeance. And we have learned the godly trait in man, the willingness to forget completely whatever wrong one may have suffered. Finally, the sum total of our duty to sanctify social relationships is capitalized in the midst of loving one's fellow man. All these requirements of social holiness are authorized by the divine Siwaniya Shem. This statement clarifies that these teachings have nothing to do with selfish considerations. They are ordained strictly as the consequences of true awareness of God. Hence, respect everything that exists and lives because the world and all that it beholds is God's and it's sacred to Him. We too are able and obligated to be holy to man, to be one who emulates His Creator in truth, justice, and love. So we see at the end of the day the ability to but be kind to another person, to forgive and forget, that ability comes from godliness. So going back to the original idea which we saw in the Orchat Tzadikim, that man has two parts. He's a physical part that's limited, and he has a, a spiritual part which is unlimited. We're going to have to call in order to be a kind, caring person who forgives and forgets. He has to call on his infinite part. He has to identify himself in his spiritual part. To see that he's not limited by his own physicality. He has to see himself as a spiritual being that spans the entire universe. Instead of seeing himself as solid, he has to see himself as liquid. He has to be fluid. He has to be giving and kind and spiritual. And in this way, if he identifies himself as a spiritual being, he has the ability to have love and to give love to other people. He doesn't have jealousy. He doesn't have hatred. He doesn't feel limited. He knows Hashem's taking care of him. And this is what the Torah means to be holy. Not holy somewhere sitting up in a cave somewhere separate from the society. No, holy within the society. Bring spirituality into this world. Bringing heaven to earth. Identifying yourself as a heavenly being and living in this earth as an earthly being. Not being territorial, not being nitpicking, not caring about everything what people say about you. Forgive and forget. That's a very high spiritual, holy level. That's what holiness means. In order to achieve these levels, we have to reach a new level of consciousness, collective consciousness, looking at ourselves as part of the creation, which includes everyone and everything, not excluding anybody, not having boundaries. It means we're operating on a higher frequency. The more energy, the more frequency, the more things start to break up. We start to loosen up. We don't care if a guy sits in our seat, what the person said about us. All this baseless hatred, where is it all coming from? It's coming from our own egos. Because we're viewing ourselves as physical. We have to view ourselves as spiritual. And if we do that, we bring holiness into this world. We bring the holiness into the physical world. And this is what the Chaim says. He says, God tells us the reason we must not bear a grudge is because the Lord is God. This means that by the means of individual Yisraelites experiencing unification in their hearts with all other Jews, God's unity itself is enhanced. When we connect Am Yisrael, it brings God into the world. This is all based on a Kabbalistic concept that all Jewish souls are branches of the holy name of God. For his people are part of him. 
having caring about other people, caring about the Jewish people, is what makes us holy. It's the unification of God's name. It's an unbelievable idea that by connecting and caring with individuals in this world, that is the unification of God's name. And the same thing within your own family. It starts with the family, connecting with your wife, connecting with your kids. This is the Jewish spirituality. This is the Torah's way. So I just want to end off with the shame Shmuel, which I brought one time, which explains the boundaries of this idea. He brings a Gemara in Yavamos. It says, Rebbe Akiva had 24,000 students, and all of them died at the same time of the year, which is exactly now, Svirus Omer, after Pesach, between Pesach and Shavuos. Why? Because they failed to give honor to each other. But the question is, how can that be? We know that Rebbe Akiva was the one who said, the Pasuk which we brought, love your neighbor as yourself. This is one of the biggest rules of the Torah itself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if Rebbe Akiva, who was the Rebbe of 24,000 Talmidim, he was the Rav, and he held the foundation of the Jewish people, is to love your neighbor as yourself, how can it be they didn't give honor to each other? Doesn't make any sense. So he wants to explain just the opposite. It's the love that they had for each other which took away the cover that they gave to each other. In other words, they were too close, like brothers and sisters, two brothers. They're so close to each other, they forget to give honor to each other. You stand up for your brother, you come sit down at the table. No, friendly, close, too close. So this is the opposite extreme. That On the other hand, we have to also give cover to the other individual. It's true we have to have love and we have to relate to our spirituality and be caring and giving and flexible and loose and spiritual. But on the other hand, when it comes to the other person, we have to give them their covet as an individual. So he wants to explain in the name of the Father that this is exactly the order of this time of the year. You have Pesach and you have the receiving of the Torah seven weeks later. He says that Nisan is the month of the Lamb and the Lamb goes together in a flock. In other words, the Jewish people all together with love and caring for one for another. Then comes the month of Eor, which is represented by the bull. And the bull stays by himself. He doesn't flock together. It's his individual kavod. That's the bull. After that, in the month of Sivan, in the sixth of Sivan, we receive the Torah. Sivan is the twins, which is the combination of caring and loving and the flock and being together and the individuality of each important person. You have to give the person the cover. So we see that since we have both qualities, we're both spiritual and we're both physical, we span the universe, but we are who we are in the physical universe. So therefore, you have to use both parts of yourself to use your spirituality to be able to not have revenge and to forgive and forget, but at the same time to give them their kavod. There's a beautiful balance, and that's the, Torah, that's the balance that the Torah gives us. The right way to relate to God and the right way to relate to man. And this is the secret and the foundation of what it means to be a holy Jew. Here is a powerful parable to open your mind and help you reach your potential. So the Chavetz Chaim brings a mushroom on this verse. Do not take revenge or bear a grudge against the members of your people. He said one time a man needed a certain individual named Ruvain, let's say. So he goes to the town and he asks, where's Ruvain? So they tell him, oh, he's probably over there, that, that part of town. 
So he gets over there, and he sees a bunch of people, and he's saying, where's Reuven? Where's Reuven? So they say, we don't know where Reuven is. So can you imagine the man would start to say, hey, why is your name not Reuven? And then he goes to the next guy, why you're not Reuven? That person would be insane. That's the mushal. What's the nimshal? You shouldn't take vengeance or bear a grudge against somebody who doesn't want to help you. You know why? Because it wasn't decreed by God that this person is supposed to help you. It's like saying, hey, why are you not Reuven? That's crazy. What do you mean, why? Because you're not. God didn't decree that this person is supposed to help you. So what are you complaining about? How can you possibly bear a grudge against him? It wasn't God's decree. He says the thing to do is to seek the help from the person who the Almighty decreed to provide it. You have to look for the right person. If you find the right person, and then you'll be Matzliach. You'll be successful. It's time for Great Stories About Great Rabbis. There's a story of Rav Moshe Feinstein on what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. One time, Rav Moshe Feinstein did not feel well, and the doctor advised him to rest. But on that day, the family members had to go to a family simcha. So they left Rav Moshe in the care of a young man who was there to attend his needs. So after the family left, the telephone rang. The young man answered. And Rav Moshe said, who's on the phone? So he replied it was a Torah scholar who was having a difficulty with several people and needed Rav Moshe's help. Immediately, Rav Moshe got up and proceeded to handle the matter energetically. And he was continuing to work on this problem all day. Then the family members came home and they said they saw Rav Moshe busy on the phone, uh, walking around doing who knows what in the house. So they, were, they were felt, what's going on here? You're supposed to rest today. So what did Rav Moshe say? Rav Moshe stood up and said in conviction, for what purpose are we here in the world if not to do a little chesed for a Jew who's in trouble? And that was the end of the argument. Learn to give, love, and communicate. This is Peace in Your Home. Rev. Aaron Stern speaks about jealousy in the home. He says jealousy and comparing oneself to others eats up a person and brings no benefit at all. Like it says, jealousy rots the bones. One time brings a story from Baba Metziah that says, one time Rav Nachman's worker were digging in the field. All of a sudden, a dead person jumped up. And he wanted to know, is it the time for the revival of the dead? So Rav Nachman asked the person, why have you decayed? So he said, because I never stood on my rights and I was not envious. I didn't have jealousy. And the person doesn't have jealousy, his body doesn't riot. Uh, there's another famous story in the War of Independence. One time there was a Rav who was killed, and they needed to move his body to a different place. They dug up his body, they saw his body didn't rot. And they knew that that was a famous person who had no jealousy. So also in your house, in your house, in certain houses, you have jealousy. The husband's jealous of the wife, and the wife is jealous of the husband. The wife is jealous of the kids. The famous thing is the wife is jealous of the daughter-in-law. This brings down a famous story. The Gemara Shabbos says a woman had a daughter-in-law who she hated so much. She gave her some oil to anoint herself, and then she go asked her to light the candles, and she wound up lighting herself on fire and getting burnt. Gemara Shabbos 26a. Jealousy can lead to all kinds of crazy things. It could destroy the house. And Adarabah, if you want to bring peace in your house, be like Rabbi Akiva. 
Rabbi Akiva, after his wife, who was a very rich lady, got denounced by her father. So Rabbi Akiva says, listen, look at the people who are lower than us. They don't even have any straw. It's true, we have to sleep on straw. But then another one came, Eliyahu Navi came to the door and said, can we borrow some straw? Because he had no straw. So he said to his wife, you see, there's people who are less than us. It says, the Midrash Shmuel says, in spiritual matters, a man should look up. But in physical matters, he should look down. Don't look at the neighbors. Keeping up with the Joneses is the worst thing. It destroys peace in the house. The Peleoet says, Women buy all sorts of elegant clothes and jewelry and bring evil to the world just because their whole goal is to imitate their friends. Even a man is poor, he cannot refuse the demands. If the woman is demanding all kinds of things, it's very hard for the husband to keep up with her. And it could destroy the home. Makes fighting in the house. And it's all based on jealousy. Over what? You're getting dressed up to look good for the neighbors. What do you care? Again, it goes back to the idea of spirituality. We have to look up. If we look up, we're not going to be jealous. We're going to be happy with our portion. And he says that he discourages this new custom that after the couple gets married, they invite all their friends over to the house. Don't invite your friends over to the house. Everybody's looking at your stuff. Everybody's saying, oh, you got this, you got that. No, don't make situations that are, not going, to, that are going to make people jealous. We have to run from jealousy. He brings another story. He says, one time there was a famous rich man who had three sons who he really wanted them to be Tamarik coming. So there was two Chavrus, his two brothers learned together, and he brought another guy in to learn with the other son. So what happened? The man saw that the other kid was a genius. So what did he do? And nobody knew about this. He told the Rebbe, who he was paying, to tell the parents of that kid, ah, he shouldn't learn Gemara, he's not going to be anything. Just let him learn Chumash. So after a while, what happened is the, the Rebbe who did that, he got sick himself. And he realized he got sick because he, he lied. And then the truth came out. And we saw all this over jealousy. This guy had these three sons. He wanted them to be Tamarik HaKamim. And he was jealous of this other kid who was more smart. That's ridiculous. But the things that people do for jealousy, and if you bring jealousy into your house, God forbid, lower land where it can destroy the house. Okay, that's it for this week's Torah podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share it with your friends and please leave comments. Thank you for listening. To get more enthusiasm for your Judaism, become a free member at globalyeshiva.com.